Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 2, and we're in a series called Make Room. Somebody say, Make Room. Man, we're seeing some pretty cool things happen when you create space for God to be God. Mark chapter 2, as you're turning there, I want to, uh, I heard this a while back and I thought this would be appropriate. Uh, a kid was in a candy store, and as you can imagine, a kid in the proximity of candy created a whole lot of energy. And so he was eyeing this particular basket of candy up near the front. It was a huge basket full of individually wrapped candy. And the owner saw this kid and he went over to him and said, listen, young man, I want to give you a chance to reach in there and grab as much as you can put in one hand. That's as much as I'll give you for free. It's on, you get one free scoop. How many know if you get that opportunity as a child, you're going for it? Well, he seemed all excited, but then he kind of hesitated. And, you know, he, he, he kind of shook his head and he, he, he kind of backed away, said, well, no, no, sir, I, I, I'm, I'm okay. And the owner was a little confused, like, no, this is your chance. Reach in there. Whatever you can grab is yours. He said, I, 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 I don't want to. Um, can you go ahead and scoop it out for me? Because your hands are bigger than mine. Come on, that's a smart kid right there. And I just want to start by saying this today. God's hands are bigger than yours. And God's plans are bigger than yours. And if you'll make room for God this year, he's going to scoop out something for you, come on now, that's going to be bigger and better than what you could have imagined. Come on, somebody say make room. If you were here last week, we talked about making room for God's presence, and we talked about the Shunammite woman out of 2 Kings chapter 4 and the supernatural things that happened in that space that this lady created. In Mark chapter 2, we're going to talk about making room for others, 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 others. Mark chapter 2. Now, let me give you some context here. This is the beginning of Jesus's earthly ministry. Many of you know that uh, between the Old Testament and New Testament, there were 400 years. 400 years of silence. God didn't really say anything to the nation of Israel. There wasn't really a whole lot happening until Jesus comes on the scene. And when he begins to teach, there's something unique, something different about his ministry. His preaching, his teaching, and his ministry, it was with power. It was with authority. Things were happening. Jesus had just finished a a preaching tour, and he came back to one of his home areas in Capernaum. The Bible says his popularity was on the rise, miracles, and his, his fame was spreading rapidly, and there was something attractional that was happening in that Galilee region. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says this, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. So this was a, a homecoming of sorts for him. Verse 2, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. Now get this picture. Jesus is in his hometown, home region, and he's in this house. And the Bible says that word gets out that Jesus is there. So the place is packed. 
How many know crowds are not necessarily a bad thing? Now, I know sometimes we shy away from that. We try to avoid the crowds, stay out of the crowds. But it's interesting, wherever Jesus was, there was a crowd. I want you to know at Healing Place, we are not afraid of crowds. Can somebody say amen? You know what? When I get to heaven, I want that place to be crowded. Talk to me. If you love God and love people, you, you want heaven to be populated. Anytime Jesus throws a party, he wants his house to be full. You know, I thought about some of the Christmas services we did. You know, one service that we did here last month, there were 168 cars in the parking lot that were not fitted in a space. We had one service where we had, um, over, over the collection of, of our Christmas services over three days, we had almost 600 people, not in a seat, but watching in the concourse. How many know it's okay to have a crowd as long as Jesus is the center of it all? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. You see, for us, what's most important is not the energy of a crowd, but it's the presence of Jesus. And if we place Jesus at the center, if we're pursuing his presence, in fact, the Lord told us in John chapter 12, he said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. There's something magnetic about the presence of Jesus. There's something attractional about Jesus. And my heart for us as a church, this is Vision Sunday, and this message is going out across all of our campuses. But I want you to know this, that this is a house that is all about Jesus. Thank God for the lights, and thank God for the screens, and the projectors, and and the smoke, and the haze, and the guitars, and all the creativity. I love our graphics. I love our videos. I love every element of this service, but I want you to know all of that points to one thing, and one thing only, and that's Jesus. God forbid we do all of that. We, We got all the show, but we got no go. Come on, talk to me. If you subtract Jesus from this house, then this is just entertainment. But if you put Jesus in the center, then everything points to him. It is by him. It is for him. It is unto him. It is about him. And I pray that for us as a spiritual family that we're about what he's about. The Bible says that Jesus is in this house, and it was so packed with people, there was no room. Verse 3, while Jesus was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Okay, now I want you to get this picture here. The house is crowded both inside and out. And here come these four boys with a man on a mat. I want you to imagine just for a moment with me what it would be like to be a paralytic in the ancient world. I mean, it's difficult enough in this modern day and age with all of our technology and our advancements. But you go 2,000 years ago and you'd be paralyzed on a mat. Think about what every day looked like for this man. Life was confined by a three by six mat. He literally depended on everybody for everything. To feed him, to clothe him, to care for him, to move him. 
lost all of his independence. I'm sure that, that he dreamed of, of one day being free. He dreams of being healthy, but every morning he wakes up and he looks at the ceiling of a room he'll never walk out of. He looks at the body that will always hold him prisoner, at the mat that makes up his world, and he knows that he'll never be free. He longs for a different life. He's got no job, no money, no family, no influence, no future. He has nothing. What's he got going for him? He's got some friends. He's got some friends. And I want you to see this whole story that's about to take place, it all happens because of these boys. And I call them the what's up boys. Now, that's my translation. You're not going to find that in your Bible. And I'm sure all of you studying the Greek and, you know, the Hebrew and all that, you're not going to find what's up in there. But I want to show you the power of the what's up boys. The Bible says, verse 4, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. You know, I thought about doing an illustration because we got like some catwalks and stuff. <laughs> I thought about, I told Rachel, I said, but you know what I should have done? I should have been in the middle of preaching and have somebody just kind of lower. <laughs> How many know that's going to stop everything right there? That's going to be the talk of your Sunday. You're not going to remember anything that I'm saying, but you'll never forget what just came down in the midst of you. This story, there's two powerful things I want us to see. And the first of all, if you're taking notes, the first thing that we see is this, the commitment of his friends. I want you to see the commitment of these what's up boys. The Bible says there was no room. Somebody say no room. There was no room for them to get their friend to Jesus, so they made room by going through the roof. Now here's the truth, okay? Two quick takeaways under this first thought about the commitment of these boys. I want you to know everybody has a mat. Everybody has a mat. For us, and sometimes we get to church and we don't like to talk about our mats. You know, the mats are, are the things we struggle with, our habits, our weaknesses, our sins, our doubts, our fears. We don't like to talk about the mat in church. How many know we come to church and it's called mat management? Right? You know, the mat is what you're least proud of and you're most likely to hide. Sometimes we come to church and we want to pretend that we got it all together. Turn your neighbor and say, I know better. <laughs> Man, you got a mat. I got a mat. We have things that we struggle with. We don't like to talk about it. We, we don't like to think about it. And sometimes church is the place where we're least likely to be honest about our mats. Will they judge me for it? Will they criticize me for it? Will they talk about me because of it? Will they exclude me if, if, if they knew what I know about me, would I be allowed to be a part? You know what's beautiful about this story? The very thing that should have separated this man from everybody else was the thing that brought these friends around him. How many of you know your friends will know the worst about you but still believe the best in you? Doesn't matter, good day, bad day. Man, they know the ugly parts. They know where the bodies are. Come on, talk to me. 
They know all of that, but they still care about you. You know, these what's up boys, they cared about the man on the mat. Everybody's got a mat. You know what? Everybody needs a friend. We all have mats, but guess what? We all need friends. You need friends that aren't afraid of your mat. You need friends that can gather around your mat. Let me tell you this. Some days you'll be on the mat. Some days you'll be required to carry the mat. Some of you are here today, you say, Mike, everything's fine. Well, that's good. But I want to challenge you. You've got to pick up the corner of somebody's mat. If you're in a good place, that's great. But, you, but some of you are here today and you're flat on your back. I mean, you are, you are desperate for help. You've struggled to be free and, and to find a new place in God. And, man, you want this year to look different than last year. And so you got to have some friends that will pick up your mat. You know, my mama used to say there are four kinds of people in the world. There are those who add, those who subtract, those who multiply, and those who divide. And she'd say, son, find those who add and multiply the goodness of God in your life. And watch out. Stay away from those who subtract and divide. Come on. How many know mama was smart? It's true. Sometimes in this world, I think because of social media, social media has defined, has redefined the way that we relate to each other, has it not? Sometimes we think, oh, I got a ton of friends. No, no. You may have a thousand followers on Facebook and still not have a single friend. I'm challenging us today as a church. The commitment of these friends, it has to resonate inside of us. We've got to be willing to go to the mat for some people. Listen, if you don't have support now, you're going to need life support later. You've got to make some plans in advance. I I love these boys. The the what's up boy? What's up? I can just see them gathered around their friend and, hey, you know what? I hear Jesus is in town today. Yeah, yeah, he's down the street. He, he, he's over at, uh, um, 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 over at Andrew's house. Yeah, yeah, okay, well, let's go see him. Let's go. Well, well, let's, well, come on, let's go. I can't go. No, no, we're, you're coming with us. Come on, how many of you ever had a friend say, no, 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 you get dressed, you brush your teeth, you clean yourself up and get in that car, we're going. You need some people to insist because they know the goodness of God is waiting. No, no, you're coming with us. And so they, they, they carry their friend to, to, to this house. And man, there's so many people. They're like, okay. I, I can see it's the guy with the, the business degree. He says, okay, guys, huddle up. Listen, we got to brainstorm. How are we going to get him in there? What are we going to do? There's no such thing as a bad idea. And then the youngest, I see this millennial kind of say, he's probably got skinny jeans. <laughs> got his hair swooped over. Hey, boy, guy, guy, listen. I got a great idea. Why don't we go through the roof? Why don't we rip the tiles off the roof and lower him right down in front of Jesus? And they're all like, bad idea. Bad. <laughs> Listen, so great was their trust in Jesus. So strong was their love for their friend. They had to do something. They had to do, even if it didn't make since if you want something you've never had, you got to do something you've never done. See, God is stirring some things inside of you. If you want this year to look different than last year, then you're going to have to step out in faith. You're going to have to take a few risks. 
Man, you're going to have to do some things that are unconventional, uncomfortable. Come on, hey, we sang it earlier today. We said, shake up the ground of all my tradition. Let me ask you this. You want your tradition or do you want the presence of Jesus? Because sometimes the presence of Jesus, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Sometimes the presence of Jesus is a little unconventional. Sometimes Jesus will color outside the lines of your understanding. Well, he's going to mess up your nice, neat, wrinkle-free life. Come on, somebody. Shake up the ground. Tear down the walls of all my religion. You see, religion will keep you outside the house. But guess what? That's not where Jesus is. He's in the house. So leave your religion and your tradition behind because what you need is in the house. And these what's up boys, they knew that if we could just get our friend to Jesus. Now, can you imagine being the homeowner? <laughs> I mean, for real. You, you're being gracious. You know, you, you've got Jesus with you. you. You're hosting this whole thing. And next thing you know, in the middle of the meeting, somebody is installing a skylight in your roof. I mean, literally remodeling your house. <laughs> I'm thinking, hey, does he need to call a state farm agent? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's covered. I mean, if Jesus is here, it's an act of God, right? <laughs> Somebody caught that. Somebody caught that. Like a good neighbor. <laughs> How many of you have a problem with people who cut in line? Oh, yeah. Oh, did you feel that just rise up in the room? We're all nice and passionate about God. And man, yeah, Pastor, I love But let you be the one who went there early to get a good seat. Wait a second. Now, I stood in line for hours, right? Come on, talk to me. How many of you, like, in traffic, somebody trying to get in, and you're like, you know, they're trying to wave at you and flag you, hoping that, that you'll be polite and let them in, but you know that if you make eye contact with them, that you're obligated to be nice. But if you don't see them, you don't know, but you really see them. You know you see them. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, he's preaching right where you live, boy. Oh, yeah, you're going to Disney World. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, going to Disney World. Man, you've been standing in line for two hours, and somebody come walking up, you know, with some Disney rep and some little badge and, you know, kind of flat. And you're like, what, what? how many of you just, you have a little issue with people who cut in line. This dude was cutting in line. He didn't, he didn't stay outside for hours. There was no preparation. This was spur of the moment. And these boys, they're, they're digging a hole through the roof. And man, Jesus, I mean, he's preaching. He's teaching. What if he's making a great point and he doesn't like to be interrupted? There's a lot of stuff happening in this story. And the Bible says all of a sudden now they create this hole in the, in the roof. And everybody's looking up. <laughs> and you see four boys are saying, what's up? That's why I call them the what's up boys. Hey! And they lower this man right in front of Jesus. They knew that if they could just get to the feet of Jesus. Oh, hear me, church. If you can just find your way to his feet this year. Anybody who ever found themselves at the feet of Jesus, they got exactly what they were looking for. 
lower him right there. How many of you, you want friends like that in your life? Oh, you need a friend like that in your life. Listen, if you want a friend, oh, come on, come on now. If you want a friend like that, then be a friend like that. Be the friend that you want to have. You might, well, what do you say? That's a little uncomfortable. I'm just going to pray that God would bring him into my world. No, no, no. You're going to have to sow something into somebody else's life before it starts to produce fruit in yours. If I want a friend like this, i got to be a friend like this. I, I'm praying that as a, as a church, part of the vision of us making room, we are committed to go to the mat for people this year. And we're committed to crash a roof for some people this year. Go to the mat. Somebody say, go to the mat. Say, crash a roof. That's the spirit and nature of this house. We will go to the mat for people. We'll crash through a roof for people in order to get those to Jesus. Now, this is a fun part. I get to, I get to give you some updates. Because I've had some people that have been to the mat for me. I've had people that have brought me to the presence of Jesus between pastors and, and parents and teachers, and I feel like somebody made room for me. Guess what? i got to make room for somebody else. Somebody created space for you to sit in that seat that you're in right now. Some of you are at a campus right now that, I mean, 24 months ago it wasn't there. But you're sitting in an environment that somebody crashed through a roof, somebody went to the mat to create space for you to experience Jesus. You know what that tells me? If somebody did that for me, I got to do that for somebody else. You know, that's what our, our, when we talked about 320 last year, so many of you participated in that 320 offering. You say, Mike, what, what, what is that about? It's not about money. It's about going to the mat for people. It's about creating experiences with God for others. You gave last year to 320, and I want to tell you this, the total of our 320 offering for last year was this, $971,185.60. Come on, don't patty cake, put your hands together. You did that. You know what that will allow us to do? That'll allow us to get people at the feet of Jesus. Part of that, we talked about projects. Now what we're doing in Swaziland, many of you know that that piece of property in Swaziland that we bought last year, now all the funding necessary to build that worship space has come in. That tells me that construction is going to start soon. They're going through their process of due diligence. I'm telling you, it's amazing the, the spirit of God and the atmosphere that we've created here. But you know what? God is on the move in sub-Saharan Africa. And you're a part of that through your prayers, th through your serving, and through your giving. That piece of property is going to be transformed. That's the rendering, the potential building that's going to be built That because of your giving and your generosity. I believe that that space is going to create room for people to experience the presence of God. Can I have a good amen? You know, one of the other things that we did um, with 320 was holiday outreach. And there's a real cool story. I don't have time to tell everything, but there's one story in particular. Your giving, that, that $971,000 included in that, allowed us to do some pretty special things over Christmas. And one of the things that we do is we go to St. Jude's Hospital, and we're able to provide 
gifts, Christmas gifts for kids that are undergoing treatment. Well, one particular story, we, our team went to bring gifts to this nine-year-old boy and uh, the, the single mom, four kids, her nine-year-old son was, was undergoing treatment with cancer. I mean, I want, to, can, I want you to hear this. The life of a single mom is extremely difficult. She had four kids, nine, seven, four, and seven months. And her nine-year-old has cancer. And so our team came to bring gifts for this precious mom and her children. They, you gave and provided so much gifts, so many gifts that she couldn't receive them all. She said, well, look, I can't fit all these gifts in my car. Can you just meet me at my house? So we filled up two vehicles of presents to go to the house of this single mom, these children, this nine-year-old son, brought Christmas to them, and she was blown away. She said, you know, for the longest time, I've felt so distant from God. It feels like God, my life has been so hard, it feels like God is a million miles away. But today, through your kindness, I have felt God come closer to me. She said, I feel God pursuing me. So, I mean, this is a total God thing. Sat down with her and said, well, listen, well, why don't you come? We're, ha we're having some Christmas services. Why don't you come be a part? So she and her children came to one of our Christmas services, sat in these seats that many of you are sitting in right now. At the end of service, I gave an opportunity for people to receive Christ. She raises her hand. Her nine-year-old son raises his hand. That family receives not only gifts, but a gift even greater. Come on, somebody. Body. She said, I want to start going to church. I want to get involved in, in, in widow's ministry, single mom's ministry. Your giving helped to create that. Our Ascension campus, I want to tell you this. I've talked to you for months about that property on Airline Highway. Well, we've signed a purchase agreement on eight acres right there on Airline Highway. Some of you, some of you, if you know where walk-ons is, if you go across the street from walk-ons and go down about three or four football fields, there's eight acres on the corner of Airline and Cambry Road. And that piece of property, that space, I believe, is the footprint that God is giving us to launch a campus. Now, we're, we're hopefully by the end of next month, maybe the beginning of the following month, we'll be able to close on that piece of property. In the meantime, we've been in dialogue with Prairieville Primary School. We've talked to the principal, we've talked to the school board superintendents and all the officials necessary. And as of Friday, two days ago, we signed a contract. They've given us permission to use the primary school as a temporary campus. And so we're gonna launch Healing Place Ascension on Easter, April the 12th, this year at Prairieville Primary School. Hey, and listen, guys, it's going to be first class. We're going to transform. That school is going to feel, it's going to be filled with the presence of God. And here's, here's what I need. I need some of you today. I need some of you. Here's what I'm asking you. Say, Michael, what do you need? What do you need from me? I need you to help carry a mat. I, I need you to go through the roof. I, I, need you to, I need you to make a commitment. Here's what I want to ask you to do. And this, I know, specifically kind of addresses our Ascension uh, population. But if, you're, if you'd like to serve, if you'd like to be a part of the team that launches that campus, I want you to text, to text make room. That's all one word. Text make room to 41411. 
41411. If you'd like to be a part of the team that, that serves, or even if you're considering attending, okay? This is big because it's going to help us identify how we can best facilitate what God is doing there and then what's remaining here. I believe there's going to be hundreds of people that will go to our Ascension campus. Guess what? We're going to need leaders here at Highland to step up. I'm going to need you to serve. I'm going to need you to step into a new role. So not only serving at Ascension, if that's interesting to you, or if you're considering, hey, maybe I'd like to go check that out to attend. Or here at Highland, if you say, you know what, I need to get on a team. There's going to be a need, an opportunity. We need you as a a church to go to the mat to create experiences with God for somebody else. Are you with me? You receive that today. Let me finish this story. Let me hustle. Let me hustle. Let me hustle. How many give me five more minutes? Five more minutes. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Okay, three hours. Praise God. <laughs> Bible says this, verse five. Ask the band to come up. We got to hustle. We got to hustle through this. The Bible says this. First of all, I want you to see the commitment of his friends. The last thing I want you to see is this, the compassion of Jesus. The compassion of Jesus. Look at what it says in verse five. Seeing their faith. Somebody say, their faith. Whose faith did Jesus see? Their faith. Now, notice it wasn't anything that the boys said, but it was what they did. Whose faith is, 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 are they referring to? Whose faith did Jesus observe? The what's up, boys? You have no idea what the faith of one person can do for a friend. Can I say that again? You have no idea what your faith can produce and create for somebody else. The Bible says, seeing their faith, Jesus says to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. (laughs) That's kind of odd. Wait a second. Jesus, his legs are broken. (laughs) The guy can't walk. Shouldn't you say something about his physical condition? Seeing their faith, the Bible says, he says to the man, your, your sins are forgiven. You see, Jesus didn't just see a broken body. He saw a broken soul. There was a greater healing that needed to take place. It wasn't just the man's legs. It was his heart. Jesus spoke directly to the man's spiritual condition. Now, the religious, they had an issue with this. Wait a second, wait a second. They got all huffy. How <laughs> I many know a spirit of religion kind of breathes heavy? <laughs> What? What? <laughs> oh, who but God can forgive sins? This is blasphemy. And Jesus reads their mind. He, he knows what they're thinking, what they're whispering among themselves. And he says this. He says, verse 9, Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up. Come on, somebody say, stand up. Say, pick up. Say, go home. I love that. Stand up, pick up, and go on home. Jesus spoke not just to the man's body, but to his soul. Now, why would Jesus tell this man, take up your mat? I mean, if I'm the man on the mat, I don't want anything to do with that. Okay, Lord, you, you set me free from it. Please don't make me look at it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to be reminded of it. Why did Jesus say, take your mat with you and go on home? I think, first of all, there was something about authority because the man was, for his entire life, the man had been 
held by that mat. That mat held him up. But he doesn't need that mat to hold him up now. He's got Jesus holding him. So where does that mat go? Now I'm going to hold you. You, For for my whole life you held me. Now I'm going to hold you. And every time he looks at that mat, may it be a reminder of what God had saved him from. Listen to me, church. We can't forget where we came from. Now, I know you're saved and sanctified and full of the Holy Ghost. And I know you're, you're walking right and talking right and living right. And thank God for where he's blessed you. But don't ever forget where you came from. Because guess what happens? God, he delivers you from it. But then he says, now I want you to go back to it and I want you to set somebody else free. You see, that mat was his testimony. The Bible says we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. You got a story to tell. Those boys, the what's up boys, they let him down in the presence of Jesus. It's the last time he was ever let down. Now, all of a sudden, this guy, he's the healthiest guy in the room. His legs are strong. I mean, he's got a warranty, a lifetime warranty on these legs. When Jesus heals, he heals completely. Inside and out, nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's the Jesus that we serve. Amen. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that today. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.